Tis I, King Ezekiel, reaching out through that medium invisible to the first royal crier of the kingdom. Go for KR1. <clears throat> I fear mine ears have not caught thine words, royal crier. Go for the first royal crier of the kingdom, sire. That's better. Hark and listen well. Proclaim this message o'er the lands. Start the music, boys. I, King Ezekiel, along with my Lady Carol and Prince Henry, invite one and all to the annual Kingdom Festival. This year's festival shall be bigger and better than any that have come before, putting lesser gatherings to shame. Behold, a mighty exhibit featuring wondrous technical achievements of our age, a bicycle-powered washing machine with standalone dryer. Keep blowing, Jerry. These clothes are still damp. That's okay. An ingenious implement of superior digging, crafted by that famous smith of Hilltop, fashioned from the head and handle of a shovel from the old world. Thrill to the awesome majesty that is our super bus. Like the god Janus, it looks both forwards and backwards, foretelling the fate of us all. Tell him about the fire. The winch, known as Prison Tat, will be giving free tattoos to children with responsibly sourced 100% recycled needles. Eugene the Mullet Man will be showcasing his handcrafted glass-blown sculptures, colorful dragons, mystical mushrooms, and fantastical fairies all festooning various urns and chalices. Some, he assures me, are suitable for smoking tobacco, and tobacco only. To slake the people's powerful Thanks hungers and... Yes, of... Of course, Lord Daryl of Dixon will be returning from exile to present a spread of his finest wares. Exotic furs from all o'er our realm. Beaver, squirrel, white-tailed deer, and possum. To slake the people's powerful hunger and thirst, we shall be manning broken-down food trucks serving beaver, squirrel, deer, and possum. Wash it all down with refreshing room-temperature barley beer and sorghum wine. Try your hand at games of skill. Can you dunk that scoundrel Negan? How about whack-a-mole? The moles in our garden have grown quite insolent, and we require many, many whackers. Each night we shall enjoy the musical stylings of the most famous musicians of our age, anchored by headliners Symphony of Awesome, featuring a powerful trio with Boston Rob, the Professor, and the urchin from Hilltop whom Tara gave a kazoo. Thrill to our spectacles of martial might, featuring a hotly contested archery contest between shitty bowgirl, substantial bowgirl, and extremely competent bowgirl. Everything leads up to the grand climax of the festival, the Grand Melee. The best fighters of the land will be jousting, spearing, and sword fighting. Come see the kingdom's own pride, Jerry, the Quilted Mountain, face off against Aaron, the Cyborg, and Two-Hand Luke. All this and more awaits you come first weekend of harvest at the kingdom's sixth annual festival and feast. I bid you welcome and to come post-haste. Crier, I say crier, did you catch all that? 
Yep, got it. I'll pass along your message through the ether. I have spoken. Let it be relayed. KR1 to Alexandria and Hilltop Relays. Go for Alexandria. Go for Hilltop. Yeah, Zeke is doing another shitty Renfest. Oh my god, I, I still got tetanus from the last time. Well, this year we have a really big bus. And music, I guess. Everyone's still kind of bummed about the whole Jesus thing. We'll pass it on. I hear ya. KR1, over and out. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast from The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here today to do the mid-season feedback finale podcast thing that I I feel like we promised at some point uh, in the first half I, of this season. I mean, I think you're underselling it. We also had the fantastic, you know, Kingdom Kingdom Festival skit. Well, I, like, honestly, that's, that's what the if, I'm, are, if I'm being completely 100% honest with the audience right now, and they're not going to want to hear this, this entire feedback section is just a vehicle for the skit, <laughs> which is what I really wanted to do because I have so much fun yeah. doing this. But yeah. Yeah, we had the we had a super bus situation where we took the skit and we welded it through the back end of a feedback episode and uh, yeah. bada bing, bada bang. There's your, your walk of dead for the week. Um, shall we get so so we've been inviting people all season long to uh to send stuff in to watching dead at baldmove.com and people did. There's a lot of interesting discussion about uh stuff and uh do you, do you should we get right to it or do you yeah. got anything you want to I mean, say up front? That's what we're here for. Okay, first up. Uh this is representative of many many messages we got of various levels of uh sarcasm and genuineness. Uh, Kevin W. had a good representation. Longtime listener, first-time complainer. I finally left Walking Dead because y'all stopped doing the show. I just couldn't continue without listening to you rag on the show so hard. Now you go and bring it back to life like the walkers in the show. Thanks for nothing. Besides that, thanks for kicking ass all these years, and now I'll be catching up to Walking Dead, so I can keep up with you guys. Keep up the good work. Jim, it's mm-hmm. as you feared. We have uh, set a bad example for people, and uh, they're now... They're now back into the show. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. Uh, it was inevitable, and I called it. And I'm sorry. And taste. It. I don't know. Uh, I I blame uh, like so many things the coronavirus, the novel mm-hmm. coronavirus, for yeah. bringing this upon us. But uh, I I do um, I do appreciate everybody sending in the feedback saying how much they've enjoyed uh, hearing us back, and it made me feel real good. And uh, the other thing is, I I guess thanks also COVID because I had heard that The Walking Dead has better was better, but I mm-hmm. you know you hear that from time to time. Like uh, you know, I remember even in the depths of season seven and season season eight, every once in a while you'd get an episode and everybody'd be a buzz about oh Walking Dead's back, they turned the corner, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but season nine is genuinely competent television. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. it's great. Um, but like it does, it does make me wonder if when they ditched Mazera 
if they hadn't gone with literally a junior writer from the writing staff uh, and and propped them up uh, and put him in charge and let him kind of run the show on the ground for five long seasons, if they had kept on trying to find someone. But then again, you know, that's the, that's that's AMC's dirty little secret, right? I don't think they really cared about this show as a property and and hadn't done it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that, so. the property is the only thing. The intellectual property is the only thing they gave a shit about. Uh, yeah. And 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 it's, I don't know. I, I can't rationalize the way they rationalize with, you know, not spending money on this show and not bringing in big talent and just letting what was a, an enormous show turn into what it's become is crazy to yeah. me because you can look at the ratings and you can see every season that it sucks. The The viewers disappear. They evaporate. Um, you would think they'd be wanting to do more, uh, keep the show going. And, and I'm glad that Angela Kang is at the helm now because it is, yes, in fact, uh, almost in a disappointing way because I wanted to come back and just totally thrash it uh, for season nine. But yeah, she seems to have a better handle on fundamental basic storytelling uh, yeah. methods. Make about the characters. Yeah, yeah, it's about the characters. Give me characters I love. Uh, and and somewhere along the way, I've come to love some of the really stupid characters like Fistbump and Eugene. Sure, you know? sure. So maybe Gimple had something going there. He was just playing the long game, <laughs> the real long game. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it's not... We, we still got Nicotero directing episodes. So the idea that we're never going to be able to rip this show again, I think is fair. Uh, yeah. Is a, is a dubious proposition. In fact, that's the thing is like, I used to like the walking dead when they'd have like one kind of boner every episode or so, but yeah. like, you know, at the height of the Gimple reign or towards the end of his reign of terror, it was just like nothing but boners on <laughs> boners stitched together. Like so many buses in the kingdom. They're just like backed up end to end <laughs> It's uh-huh. never ending Mobius strip of of boners that show was pulling. So continuity sure. errors, bizarre character direction, uh, you know, infinite repeating morality treadmills is just that's what the show like it just just walk fucking around in the woods, stealth zombies. Um yeah, thank God the show's moved on from that stuff. So we pre- I was pleasantly surprised. I I thought this, these would just be drunken bitch fests, and uh, mm-hmm. they they're they're not not that, but they are also something that uh, I like. I said there's one or two times in the last eight weeks where I I really felt strongly. Um, I was like, well, if I was just binging this show, I would hit next episode absolutely. Uh huh. And I haven't felt that way about The Walking Dead in some time. So congratulations, Angela King. Next up, Tyler D says, I couldn't believe my eyes when your Walking Dead announcement popped up in my feed. Recently, I've been re-listening to your back catalog as I edit each season of The Walking Dead down into movie length. Got to do something in lockdown. Uh, I'm excited about the potential of fan edits. uh, And also, stay tuned to this space on news on that front um, in, in the weeks ahead. Uh, I think I think we got something interesting that you guys might be interested in. Uh, your breakdowns have saved me from having to rewatch some of the worst Walking Dead episodes and be confident I've not cut out anything important. Yeah, that, like that's the other sad th- the truth is like I was wa- I was reading Reddit last week trying to get my hands on or my arms around the San Diego Comic Con stay staycation mm-hmm. edition. Yeah, and a lot of people like someone said perfectly. It's like you know that. For season seven and eight, the fans had had caught on to the Walking Dead's rhythm where you would have a spectacular, if not particularly good season opener and then just a bunch of dreck that didn't move the plot. And then there'd be something Mm -hmm. pretty amazing for the midseason and the season opener and then dreck and then the season finale. 
I mean, you can make a compelling argument that there's probably only about four or five vital hours in every 16-episode season of The Walking Dead for the past three or four years. Oh, and yeah. that's fucking nuts. Um, anyway, Tyler continues, I watched the show from day one as well as, uh, uh, as well as watching it every week with my father. But when he sadly passed away, watching the show just wasn't the same. I stopped watching when Andrew Lincoln departed, but now that you'll be covering seasons nine and 10, I might as well jump back in with you too. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on Rick's final episodes and emailing them again uh, while you cover the later parts that I'd never watched. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. That would be a real bummer. Um, Because my dad and I have nothing in common when it comes to the television. My dad mostly watches reruns of shows. He like when I go to his house, he's watching Gunsmoke, The Lone Ranger, uh, uh, the Ponderosa, like just mm-hmm. that, just these these old westerns that he grew up with. And hey, fuck, why not, man? I might be in a nursing home watching Breaking Bad and The Leftovers. Um, <laughs> maybe not The Leftovers. Uh, yeah. Maybe Breaking Bad and and Game of Thrones or something like that. Uh, and I'll just pretend like uh, I'll pretend like they never made season seven and eight of of, of Game of Thrones. So. Uh, he also says, I caught the Odd Talking Dead podcast about season 10. The show doesn't seem like it's improved a whole lot, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I uh, uh, it, So far, so good. I'm, I'm hoping they can, can keep up this this state of quality going on to season season 10. Yeah, I don't know anything about season 10, but uh, season 9 has been pretty good. Yeah, I'm wondering, do you, do you think right now, because I don't know, do you think that they wrapped the Whisperers up in a single season, or do you think they stretched this over... Uh, I mean, they didn't really even really introduce them until the half season ish, right? Um, so probably, I I don't know. If I were a sane, sensible showrunner, I would wrap this up in about a half a season. Uh, considering these are half seasons that are almost full season length for most shows now. Um, yeah, I I would do it all in the latter half of this season. But then, what do you do with season ten? I don't know. I haven't read the comics. Yeah, me either. And that's that's kind of like the nice thing is that I don't have any more expectations because mm. yeah, and we'll get the feedback later on. It's like uh, the thing used to annoy me is I was a real fan of the comics and it seemed like every time they made a change to the comic structure, it was slightly for the worse. But we'll get there here in a bit. My guess is up next. Mike S. I almost said my guess. My guess of who up who is up next is my guess. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to The Walking Dead. You're welcome. I've been a fan of Bald Move for over a year now. That's amazing. Now I just watch the shows you guys have covered to have something interesting to listen to. Uh, and what are we going to do when we run out of shows? Because like, gee whiz, after like Lovecraft Country and The Boys, mm-hmm. I have no freaking clue what we're going to be watching here in this, the late fall and winter. But yeah, I don't even know if there is more television coming out after those. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to get uh, real creative, all of us. Um, then I was a little disappointed and bummed throughout the uh, through all the Watching Dead, and you guys stopped at season eight. However, real quick, something I'd like to ask uh, that I think about a lot. Uh, now there's some peace between the communities. Which leader would you like to follow, and what would your jobs be in the communities? Mine would be Ezekiel in the kingdom, mainly because Zeke is a people's leader, and he always looks out for the people, not just his close circle. Uh, interesting question, Jim. Yeah. If you were in the zombie apocalypse in the greater Washington D.C. area, mm-hmm. which of the tribal leaders would you would you which which tribe would you adopt, and what would your position be? So I feel like at this point everybody's got food. So like, 
you're you're really just picking on like who the leader is and who you know what their policies are and i feel like michonne is is on, on a reign of terror here that i'm not too comfortable with so probably not her a little bit isolationist yeah yeah, yeah. A, little bit, a little bit uh but the other two options are not bad tara and ezekiel um because we're at the point when jesus is dead now um i don't think i would have wanted to be in hilltop under jesus but probably under tara uh she seems to have her shit together so yeah let's let's go with the hilltop and let's go Eugene's job, because I really would just like to be sort of a project manager slash tinkerer kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> like managing the technical <laughs> stuff, right? Like the technical projects. Like, I'm sure Eugene had a hand in building that windmill. Um, I'm sure he had a hand in, like, he, he was managing the bridge project, right? So, like, sure. all, all those projects, I feel, would be just a ton of fun to to design and manage. It would be fun to do like good old boy engineering, you know, like uh, you yeah. don't have to have anything approved. It's just like, hey, you know, let's just go out there and try to build something that works. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's all. That's always a lot of fun. It's um, it's kind of like being a kid going out in the woods and building a treehouse. Like, uh huh. Although I don't know, that might be I am curious to see if like everything had gone to plan, like how long would the bridge have actually stayed up, you know? <laughs> yeah, a week. Um, the first yeah, like the does, first does hard it, rainstorm, it's gone. Does it make it through the winter? I I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um maybe maybe his reputation is saved by not having to rely <laughs> on that piece of civic engineering. Uh-huh. Um I think that I don't know. Alexandria sounds cool for me because it's, I think, the most technically sophisticated of the settlements. Like, they've got windmill power. They've got solar power. Um, they have, like, all those homes are built very modern and like to be energy efficient. So I bet they're very warm in the winter and they're mm. cool in the, the, the summer because uh, they can get hot and steamy in, the, in, in Washington, D.C. area. It's famously a swamp. It's true. Uh, so, I, I, but the, the role, I mean, you, you kind of... You kind of stole my thunder because like Eugene does have by far the like he's just kind of like a, a Michelangelo figure. He's like their yeah. Renaissance man. He's doing like, the whatever gardens he's in- and yeah, whatever he's personally interested in making bullets, making windmills, whatever. Like if it, you know, whatever he wants to do, the, the community kind of backs. But I'm thinking I'd set up shop and compete with the hilltop blacksmith it, okay. because like yeah. blacksmithing is a skill and art. But oh, my God, the barrier. <laughs> The, the, the barrier you'd have to jump to be better than him is like, can you read an encyclopedia and extrapolate designs from history to make something new? Because uh-huh. even with that Constanoto, I, I think he, they just literally used that wagon and then they started cutting up pickup trucks yeah and, and uh, putting a horse hitch on it. Like any idiot can fucking do that. So I think I, I set up shop in opposition to the blacksmith and start... <laughs> start forging some castle, castle forged steel for these guys, you okay. know? Um and, and start and start my own apprentice program. That'd be cool. Mike guess says my guess says he also uh uses us as his insider for the show because he doesn't know what goes on behind the scenes. Hmm. He says I've heard rumors of a trilogy movie series with Rick and Michonne. Um and also full crossovers with Fear of the Walking Dead and the original. Have you heard anything about that? And what do you think about the next thing uh with Andrew Lincoln associated with The Walking Dead? Um, I have heard about that, but I'm trying to avoid spoilers, which means not reading a lot about right. uh, about the you know inner or outer workings of Walking Dead uh, for the next season or so. So I don't know a ton about it. I just know that 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 is one of the things they want to do is a trilogy of movies with Andrew Lincoln. So 
And, you know, there's a high, man, I just don't know how that'll go. Uh, they did, how successful was X-Files Fight the Future? Because that show was pretty big and they made that movie at the height of it. And I felt like it was kind of disappointing uh, uh, from a, from, from a people going out and see the movie point of view, which I don't understand why that would be. Um, well, no, it it made one hundred eighty nine million dollars against a sixty six million dollar budget. So okay, um, yeah, I was just looking that up. I mean, I, I would successful. definitely, I would definitely see this movie if they release it, and there's no COVID out there that'll kill me or turn me into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, a trilogy though of just it's like Rick. you're seeing three movies. Yeah, I it's 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 risky, and also you got to ask yourself. Um, you know, Chris Chris Carter over there at on the X Files, he spent some money. Like that that mm-hmm. X Files movie looks like a big budget movie. Yeah. Um, I'm very afraid they'll just make like two or three episodes of The Walking Dead kind of budget at this thing. <laughs> uh-huh. And you just can't do that in the theater. And if they do yeah. it real cheap and it comes out like coming across direct to video, then you know it, and, and who's helming it? I guess he's the only character I could see carrying one of these things though. Like May Daryl, I think you could do a really compelling like heart, like what's Daryl been up to in the woods, kind of heart of darkness. Maybe, but for three movies, not three movies. He could do like a Logan style. That's what I mean. Like Daryl goes to Daryl gets abducted on a helicopter and goes to some other community, and they do three movies around (laughs) him in that community. And I'm like, by by the end of the first movie, if he hasn't killed everyone and and moved back to Alexandria, I'm calling bullshit. Like. He hasn't gone full on wildcat. Just now, nah! sort of right? Double knifing through everything, and then yeah, Where like he'd Rick- be dead. Oh, oh, Morgan, Morgan. Imagine the Morganizing in a new community with people who don't know his tricks. Oh my God! Three movies. Keep- That's like let's get Hobbit length movies in there of Morganizing. He could be. He could. He could pivot from Gandhi to clear mode for just three movies. Just, just <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's the or arc. pivot back and forth. One movie is Gandhi. Uh-huh. One movie is clear mode. That's true. That's true. I'm thinking three act structure: Gandhi, clear Gandhi, and the next movie is clear Gandhi, clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's changing yes. up. Changing yeah. up. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that format to get stale, Jim. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Josh Mc- is moldy cheese. <laughs> Goat cheese. Uh, James McGim says uh, he, he wants to drop some knowledge on us about heirloom tomatoes and other seeds. We had question about what the fuck heirloom tomato. What did you think it yeah, was? Please. You said something about you said because I, I was like, what the hell is heirloom? And you had an answer. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I thought it was old. I just, I th- I just, just thought it was old? like a synonym for old. No, I it's, it's OK. I thought it was what it was, but I'll let James explain it. I think. Okay, James. James says heirloom means the plants are not sterile like a lot of GMOs are. They can be used to eat or seed new crops, unlike GMOs. Glad okay. you guys are back. So, so that's half. Heir, right. So, like, are there different varieties of heirloom then? Because, like, if you know, because you can genetically modify something without making it sterile. That's, that's something true, they yeah. do, like. And a cynical ploy to keep you from like collecting yeah. seeds and and cutting them out of their seed profits, but I don't think you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad because like yeah, heirloom. What the fuck does heirloom even mean when you're talking about something that grows in the ground? Um, he says, "Glad you guys are back. Thank you very much, James." Moving on to Kyle, who has another question about uh, Tara flipping off the camera. 
He says this was 100% intended for the fans. Previous seasons, uh, Tara was back after having a baby and the internet trolls were on her about her weight gain. So this was intentional. Hmm. Those goddamn internet trolls, man. Yeah. Uh, fuck, fuck them. Fuck them, Tara. Uh, moving on to Hannah. I just watched the episode and realized just before the screen goes black at about the 42nd mark, if you watch the bottom left of the screen, you can see Rick's horse munching on some grass as uh, those hordes move towards Rick. I know it's just a show error, but I found it funny that the horse was panicking just a second ago, then was like, mmm, grass, I can pause here. <laughs> I don't I have which to say, episode is this? Uh, it's like, I guess, uh, episode the, the, between five and six. You know, mm, when he okay. was trying to, he was mortally wounded or I guess not mortally wounded. Um, gotcha. One of my favorite types of comedy is um, pretending what the animals are thinking in scenes or the background. Uh, and I got this from like uh, the riff tracks and mystery science theater guys are always funny about, you know, like uh, if the horses are carrying a hefty person uh, or like, uh, like one of my favorites is uh, in their, what is it? The final Final Sacrifice, I think, is the movie where they got this like can it, the star of the movie is a Canadian named uh, Zap Rousedower, <laughs> and he's wearing a full Canadian tuxedo, and he's not an impressive figure physically. And every time he mounts this horse, the horse is like, Whoa, so, so someone put a sack of uh, roast beef sandwiches on me? What? <laughs> I, I, just, I just fucking love that shit. So, yeah, having Rick's horse just, you know, munching in the background mm-hmm. is a good catch. Good catch. Uh, she continues, I want to let you both know how happy I was when I realized you've been podcasting The Walking Dead again. I appreciate your decision to stop covering it, and I understand why you made that decision, but my two favorite shows in the last several years being The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones has been a real void in my weekly podcast listening. Hannah, let me tell you, there's been a real void in our weekly podcasting schedule. Like, <laughs> I wish we had the glory days of both Walking Dead and, and Game of Thrones back. Oh, God, I'm still hurting out for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone back and listened to your Walking Dead and Game of Thrones podcast from premiere to show series finale. They're very entertaining, and as someone who likes to walk on a lot a lot on a daily basis, they help make that time an enjoyable escape for me. Um, I know you guys aren't in the emails that go on and on about how great you are. Oh, blush. I'm blushing, Hannah. But I just want to tell you uh, that you really brought a smile to my face. It's been a strange time for everyone, and new entertainment, which so often can be a positive aspect of people's lives, has been severely lacking. Boy, howdy. Thanks for being creative and thinking of ways you can still bring fun and relevant content to your audience during this time. Well, I appreciate that. That's awful sweet of you. And uh, it's not that we're not in the emails. It's just like um, some of that stuff is like... uh, you listen to like a radio show, like a Diane Reem show or like a sports talk show. And if you cut out like the, the, the time the, like, like 33% of the content of those shows are people saying essentially first time, long time or love your show or thank you. And you know, it's like, yeah, we, we can just, to... uh, we can save some bits here. You know, we, we yeah. love hearing it though. I mean, we're trying it, definitely. I, I read all those and I appreciate all those. Every time somebody writes in and tells us how much they enjoy the show. Uh, the reason we don't do it is because I it, we're trying to make a better show, right? And yeah. yeah, it's great for one person to hear their feedback being read uh, with a whole bunch of praise, but everybody else is thinking, oh, this is kind of a boring email. So yeah, we typically don't do it, but we do appreciate it. Yeah, it's like uh, if you're doing like those panels, those fan panels, like every once in a while, a fan asks for a hug from a celebrity, and they 
They graciously let him have a hug and then everybody wants a hug. And that's great. Like I would love if I was a celebrity, I would give everyone hugs. But like then it would be a three hour hug show and you wouldn't get anything out of it. So the solution is uh, we read the emails and our hearts glow and we just take that stuff out so people don't have to to listen to it. Uh, But thank you, Hannah. It's a very lovely email. Let's move on to Tim B. Tim Burton. Maybe. Oh, my God. Probably. Probably. The the master of goth. Walking Dead fan makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I assume you get about 50 emails on this, but Regina and Arat are, in fact, two different people. I don't. I, I Mr. Burton, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Uh, they're both extremely fit, light skinned women with short hair who are also saviors. But they are, in fact, different <laughs> they sound characters. very different, actually, with you describing uh, them that way. Yeah. Yeah. Regina and new character Jed were basically the last two loose threads. Oh, this is a uh, full full beard. Full. What, what do we call this guy? I don't know. Blackbeard the pirate. Jed? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the guy's name this season. That was just a full face beard and full hair of black. It's just just oh, Blackbeard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That guy. The guy who yeah, got that beat guy. down by Carol twice. Got got em- emulate. Em- emulated? Mm. In- inflaminated? Set that's, on fire. That's right. Uh, they're the last two threads, loose threads of saviors who hadn't joined up with the protagonist. Arat was in fact killed by Oceanside. I fi- okay. so I had a Twitter exchange where I essentially I went to the Walking Dead wiki and looked through every single fucking survivor that they had and found out that in fact because I think Arat um once she got her head shaved and had like that light blonde hair, her and Regina mm-hmm. look very very similar, especially um, in the dark muddy scenes that they're always shown in. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and in fact, I think the guy on the Twitter got it wrong and said that like like uh, whoever got executed by Oceanside that he surmised that they let her go, so uh. there he was like wrong in the wrong direction. But anyway, um, up until now, Arat's most notable moment is when she was ordered by Negan to kill Olivia in season seven, which was I think seventeen years ago. Uh, uh-huh. In Regina our timeline, didn't have, kind of yeah. In, in our timeline, Regina didn't have too many notable moments, but she was introduced in the season eight premiere when Rick specifically was addressing the lieutenants and asked her name. Mm-hmm. I honestly have mixed feelings about the way you both don't give a shit about anyone's name <laughs> and refer to people mostly by either defining characteristics or they're so minor. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, wait, on one I'll hand, wait to learn their name until their death scene, because that's yeah, all the show cares so- to do either. On the one hand, you are professional podcasters and have some of the best reviews of The Walking Dead out there, so it would be nice if you were more invested in the characters and the world building that's happening in these communities. But on the other hand, you hated the show so much, it's a miracle you're even talking about it again, so both your apathy and lack of memory are understandable. Plus, Aaron is the actual worst with names. Um, I- ironically, Mr. Burton said that I was the worth with names, um, so like it just shows you. Not as easy as you think, Tim. Not as easy to get that shit right as you think. Uh, ultimately, I think your difficulty in distinguishing between Arat and Regina and uh, Alden and Laura and Cal and Jed and Justin and Nabula and Diane. Who the fuck are any of these people? I don't know. I only know Jed because we learned him two seconds ago. Alden might be Boston Rob, yes, I think. that is in fact Alden. And that's only because uh, Enid, who actually do give a shit about, has been, you know, had his name on her lips like seven times in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is really bad at giving us a reason to distinguish between these characters. This is one of the main reasons I stopped watching in season 10, though, as I understand it, they finally got good about 10 minutes after I bailed. Woof. That bad timing. It's just like us. You know, you, we stopped podcasting yeah. the show just when it got interesting. 
Love your show and have joined to recap some Mad Men, Game of Thrones, and more movies than I can count. I would totally be a member of the club if I knew my wife wouldn't look at me like I'm crazy for donating to a podcast with some guys I don't know. I mean, it's a price of a deluxe cup of coffee from Starbucks. Like, that's uh, true. If he, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we can just start sending tight, the bill as Starbucks if that would help. Sure, hide it. Sure, yeah. Uh, when we reincorporate in Ohio, we'll just call it Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, or call it not Starbucks. Um, and then like like we abbreviated like in Starbucks, so it's like North Starbucks. What about that, not that not Starbucks? Can we get like yeah. the double negative trademark? Yeah, we can just play Star B U X. Sure. There you go. That's that's different enough. Um, but yeah, like if you're strapped for cash, obviously we're an optional buy. But if it's just uh, getting it past the the old lady, I just like you know, it's uh, hey, it's a cup of coffee makes me happy. That usually works with me. Um. Anyway, keep it up and learn some fucking names. I here's the thing. Here's the thing for real. For real, real, Mister Burton. Some people love it that we do that. Some people hate it. Mm-hmm. And. You know, when you got kind of like that polarity, uh, you kind of go like electricity itself in the in the in the path of least resistance, which is I genuinely don't give a shit about these people. Right. When I start giving a shit about them, I learn their names. Um, there's some shows where we sweat all the names and we get all the names right and we don't do as many silly, jokey things. Uh, those are better shows. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I understand some people don't like it. But the thing is, if I catered to the show to make you happy, um I wouldn't like it as much, and then other people would 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 not like it as much too. So. And, and I think what you said about the the characters becoming vital to the show is when you start to really learn their names is true. Like we don't call Tara Fistbump anymore, right? We started off with just her nickname. I mean, you do just just to, just to disrespect her, but yeah, <laughs> right. But every <laughs> just, once in a while, ninety percent of the time, right, I call right. her Tara. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, once the characters become consequential, I learn their names, but. Because it's, it's also aren't. shocking how often the show uses a character's physical appearance or True. the fact that they're good with the bow as their defining characteristics. Mm-hmm. Like, I defy you to tell me anything about Substantial Bow Girl. Anything. I can't. Anything. You I... might tell me her name and like some lines of dialogue. But what is she like? What's her background? Who Bows. does she love? You know, I that that's like the uh, you know the, the the blacksmith. We finally find a little bit of information about him this season, uh, and and but like it's it you know it's that thing. Like even Jerry, what yeah. the fuck do we know about Jerry? He's he's starting kissing this girl with the with the, with the headscarf. So like, but what's she like? I I she's got a name. I know she's got a Wikipedia article, but like fuck. I don't know why they love each other. What's their romance? What's their routine at night? Like, there's ways to do. Like, I look at some shows like um, Game of Thrones and Expanse that have cast of like 50, 60 people. And I know all those people's names because mm-hmm. they just have a really good way of establishing their character and getting you to care about them really quickly. Um, or they're introduced in a vital piece of plot that sticks out in your mind. So, And these time jumps aren't helping either because you end up with a community where you start learning everybody's name uh, and then you jump ahead six years and suddenly you've got an entirely new community where there's a woman managing the garden who's talking, having meetings with Michonne that I don't know. And right. like, there are yeah. 15 guards and six other people in this other community. Also, we have a three-pronged community here. Like there are just tons yeah. of people. And when you jump forward, you have to reset and that's hard. 
Yeah, and half half the people on the like the senior council of Alexandria, I did not re- recognize either. Yeah, so that's a that's a problem. Uh, moving on to Travis S. Y'all are geniuses. You are fucking geniuses. That was oh, this is about the Alan Joe episode. That oh, was okay. hilarious and perfect, and I loved every minute. I laughed so much. I really loved the Riverdale experiment, and that was just a super fun revisit. Cheers and kudos on all the best. Um. I think it's time for us to bring the greater bald, uh, Walking Dead, Watching Dead family into the joke of Riverdale, Ra Ra Riverdale, mm-hmm. Alan Joe. What what was? Let let's let's spend like five minutes talking about this experiment that we did. Okay, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start at like the idea, what the basic yeah. core concept of it is. Um, yeah. What? What? Why? What do we? What were we trying to do with the Riverdale podcast? Well, we always had this idea of like, what would a podcast sound like if all you did was watch the previously on and next time on, uh, you know, preview things like that they do each week, uh, for shows. And we decided, okay, well, we want to do that. We want to experiment and see what that would sound like, um, in a serious way. And then we decided, oh, we can't really do this for any shows that we watch because we got to cover it seriously. So we said, let's pick a show we don't watch or wouldn't ever watch, really. Um, and our core and audience probably wouldn't expect us. Like, you know, it also yeah. pissed people off if there's like a highly anticipated show right. that we just did that for. Um, yeah, because it'd probably so, be terrible. Um, and it turns out it so, was. We we picked the show Rara, or we picked the show Riverdale. Because, like you said, so this it's is not the really CW, the CW like uh, teenage, uh, gritty, dark reboot of the Archie comics universe. Yeah, um, which actually I guess turned out to be a pretty decent show. And of uh-huh. what For I've what seen it of it, I kind of actually liked it. Uh, it's very slick and stylish. If I was a teenager, like you know, it's probably at least as good as nine hundred two one zero. You know, Beverly. What was that other one? Nine hundred two one zero, and then. Melrose Place. This was yeah. probably roughly that that quality. Yeah, maybe uh, better. And so we did it, and we decided to do it under, under these pseudonyms, Alan Joe, um, and we recorded a whole season of Riverdale podcast in in that vein uh, that got progressively worse because I think we realized somewhere in the middle of that whole experiment, this is truly ridiculous. Like we we can't do a real even a podcast that approaches some kind of like legitimacy. And so eventually yeah, yeah. we just had it like spiral off the rails and it became... we were writing fan fiction. Like we saw these big scenes and these, these confrontational dialogues and this punch like next time on, it's all people pulling hair and slapping and pointing guns. But like, what does it all mean? Yeah. And, and the other thing that was funny is we, we, we have a VIP section on our forums where it's just for club members. And we told them that we were doing it. And we right. encourage them to give us all five star reviews on iTunes because that heightened like when people would look for our pot like a Riverdale podcast, we were the number one one. And then, you know, and have people like going on and on about how insightful we were yeah, and how we really got the characters just so. So we also got a lot of like bewildered emails from people like, what is your problem? You guys have your head up your ass. And it was just and we we'd, so we did rah, rah, Riverdale. But then we also had a club only podcast called Har Har Riverdale, mm-hmm. where we talked about each week's show and the inside jokes and like g- shared some of the feedback we were getting. And it was just a good it was a good time. And people have asked us to do stuff about Al and Joe for a lot. But like. It's 
number one, the, the core experiment, I don't know how many times we could repeat that and it would still be funny because it's essentially the same joke again and again and again. Right. And number two, you know, if we did it on a property that people really loved, I think they would, you know, get annoyed. So that brings us to The Walking Dead and we want to do something funny. And we thought about like, well, what if our first idea was we'd say we're going to bring these guys in to cover The Walking Dead because it's still a feed that's got a lot of people subscribed to it and we'll just farm it out. And we would do as Al and Joe, we would do all of season nine just with the previously on and next time ons. Yeah, which would have been a whole new level of disappointment for people, I think. Sure, 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 sure. But 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 we're like, no, nah, that will piss people off. Yes. And it's like, maybe we should do an episode. And then I can't, I honestly don't know if it's you or me who had the idea well, maybe like the thing is out. We bring Alan Joe on for like a, a summer vacation episode, uh-huh. and we have them cover something. Like they they get some they they get do the wrong show, <laughs> right. and that led us to I think like well, how could they conceivably it, get that wrong? I, I mean, that's the thing. If if you haven't listened to Robert Riverdale, by the end of that, it became very clear that these were extraordinarily incompetent podcasters because. All the stuff we talk about, about not reading praise, right, um, on the podcast, because it's not interesting, they did it in spades. Every time somebody (laughs) left, one of our fake audience members left us a glowing five-star review, I put fucking music behind it and made it this huge deal where they just read them in in glorious fashion, prolonged, Mm -hmm. just like 20 minutes of reviews in a podcast. Uh, and so th- they just became so incompetent that by the end of it, they didn't even finish the podcast. They promised, uh, we had a gap in our schedule and we haven't reviewed the finale. We'll get to it. We promise. And then dead air for Which four is, years. We, that's what we also wanted to do a whole bunch of things of like pretending to be first time podcasters and make all those mistakes. Cause we did right. like, this is essentially stuff we did back in the day. Um, except for we, we always tried to correct this, but like audio, like, Hey, we're going to get bet- new audio equipment next week. It's going to sound amazing. And then it sounds shitty because you got pro gear and you don't know how to use it. <laughs> right. And the whole like, Oh, we got uh, life got busy. We'll, we're, we're, we'll make it up to you with an episode next week. And you just ghost. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I, but one of us came up with the idea to do like, you know, how would they conceivably fuck it up? Oh, Norman Reedus does this other AMC show called Ride, and then we saw that he does it with Michael Rooker, and even in the uh, show description, it's like, you know, Daryl, The Walking Dead's Daryl reunites with his brother, and uh, like, well, there, that's perfect. And the fucking episode, if you watch it, they, it's all about them exploring the old haunts in Georgia. They go to actual filming scenes from where they filmed The Walking Dead. They go through this haunted slaughterhouse with zombies and shit. It's mm-hmm. it's just chef's kiss for the fit. So. And then kind of the the amazing coincidence of, of timing was that it happened that we had that episode recorded right after uh, Daryl sort of went off into the woods in the show right yeah and so you could believe that he was on like this vision quest with his brother trying to find his trying to find rick searching all through their old places they've gone to yeah yeah it kind of accidentally came together and and was pretty but you know it confused the shit out of a lot of people i think a lot of people even skipped that episode because we even because we're like should we just let that go for a week and they're like man that because we're always worried about when we prank people pissing them off it's yeah. like, well, the way to play it is to like, you know, oh, my God, this is a mistake. Let's, you know, uh-huh. oh, we'll just get together and throw together an episode and get it out there. And that's in, what we in did. In reality, like, we had that episode recorded two weeks in advance. So. Right, 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 right. It was ready so to go. We, we knew we would be releasing it. Like, we planned, okay, are we going to release it 
an hour, four hours later? Yeah. Like how yeah. long? We yeah. eventually settled on a few. Yeah. So if you want to get the full experience now that you've got the full understanding, go back and watch season four, episode one of Ride with Norman yeah. Reedus, which I think is an Amazon Prime video. It's free if you got Amazon Prime. And then go back and listen to Alan Joe edition because uh, it all tracks. And I think uh, <laughs> everything makes sense if you buy the conceit that these guys are idiots and B, <laughs> they accidentally watched this episode instead of the next episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. They're idiots. Um, so there you go. Um, Mandy says, in response to you stating that you don't buy Rick not going through hell and back to get back to his family, I agree. Uh, yes, Rick would stop at nothing to get back to his family. That is, if he was in North America, if he could walk, drive, run, or bicycle his way there co- covertly. Rick can get out of anything, so him being simply in prison somewhere is, as a theory is silly. But what if he was in prison somewhere that made it virtually impossible to get back to uh, his family with the methods described as above. Now, Mandy said in the preamble to all this, is she preamble the preamble to this, that she has not taken advantage of spoilers. So okay. this should all just be her speculation, spoiler free. But Mandy says, what if he was in prison somewhere that made it virtually impossible to get back with the methods described above? Based on what they've shown in the show, the show owners have said about movies or spinoff episodes and interviews with Andrew Lincoln. I propose the following. The quote-unquote helicopter people are what's left of the quote-unquote government or perhaps some sort of new world order type of group that have power supplies, etc., and are trying to rebuild or create society. I think perhaps they mean well, but are recruiting or forcing people to work with them at any costs for the good of the human race, again, quote-unquote, and the future. I think the AB designation is a set of characterizations uh, for what they bring to the table to rebuild society as they see fit. A's perhaps could be religion, Father Gabriel, etc. B, law and order, and so on and so forth. I wonder if like A could be like culture people and B are like workers. Mm, Um, You know, some kind of like arts and humanities versus, uh, I don't know, hard sciences kind of split. Perhaps religion is their platform for the government, something like in Handmaid's Tale. This New World Order group is located somewhere on an island or off the continent of North America, so Rick's only way of getting back is via air or water, and that is if the maximum security location is made up of only truly dedicated or fearful individuals, it would be nearly impossible for him to leave. He can't fly a plane, steer a tanker, uh, or find someone to help him escape. Better yet, the helicopter's base is a naval tanker of some sort. It's taking a page off of Kevin Costner's Waterworld. Hell yeah. We got uh uh, what's his face? Uh, the smokers leader, Dennis Hopper out sure. there on the Exxon Valdez, uh, <laughs> keeping poor Rick in, in the, in the, the, the oil tanker hold. Um, what's Rick going to do? Jump off the Atlantic and start swimming. Option one, Rick is biding his time, pretending to go with the program to move in a position where he could leave. Option two, he is cooperating as an indentured person and has promised to be taken back once he's completed what is expected of him. Because despite the sacrifice, the outcome will benefit benefit all mankind. Plus, he knows Michonne is strong and capable. I still don't think anybody tells Rick Grimes, we're taking you away from your family and your community for the good of all mankind. He gives a shit. Yeah. Um, I think he starts biting throats. Option three, a mix of both one and two. Andrew Lincoln has expressed in several interviews that he was basically homesick and wanted to get back to the UK. I know just from being a pop culture junkie that the UK and Georgia are one of the two cheapest places to film. Also, the UK has different uh, unions for the film industry, which creates a much more desirable work-life balance. Uh, For more on that, 
you can listen to Alec Baldwin's podcast, Stanley Tucci, who discusses that in depth. Um, hmm. That's interesting. I, I I don't trust interviews with actors. Like it could be that Andrew Lincoln just got sick of doing The Walking Dead because it's mm, a demanding, yeah. you know, set and performance. Um, and he's like, he says it's homesick because that reads better to the fans than I just got sick and I'm rich. Yeah, I've got so much money from this fucking show now. But um, I don't know. In closing, it's my belief that the movies or spinoffs or backstory episodes explaining Rick's fate will be or are filmed in the UK and that this New World Order or whatever group that has Rick is based in either the UK or Europe or possibly a remote island like the theorized billionaire island ready to house the 1% when the shit hits the fan. Uh, part of my theory is proven true to in this past season as an Easter egg and cannot be coincident- coincidental. You'll get to it, I'm sure. Well, hey, I'm going to be looking for this Easter egg. That gives a it gives a hint on what uh, old Andy Lincoln is doing, perhaps yeah. in in the the jo- jolly old England. We'll see. Um, I don't know anything about it. Like I I've been following. I I know they're working on it, um, but that's that's the extent of my knowledge. So I mean, it's it's pretty, you know, good guesses based on what we've seen. I, I don't know if the helicopter is the Easter egg you're talking about. Uh, probably not, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a, a group with a helicopter, you start to immediately think some remnants of military organization. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could. I, I don't know about like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, if Andrew Lincoln, you know, if, if he's homesick, do they move a production just because their main actor is homesick? Right. Or, you know, sick and tired of, of working in the Atlanta heat. I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you can make a profitable three trilogy movie, um, and and make an actor comfortable, I'm sure they would do it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. What's the man? What's the name of the 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 blonde lady that's got the two Secret Service agents that she's you know a rat the Regina, <laughs> um, the 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 woman for the brighter tomorrow, like the binder lady that that gave the records oh, to Maggie. Georgie. I wonder if Georgie and the helicopter people are somehow loosely connected. Maybe. Because just the fact that they have a helicopter that works implies, we've talked about this before, that implies a level of sophistication, supply line, education that is far and above what we're seeing the survivors at this point, you know, like eight years, nine years into the zombie apocalypse. Um, And and it makes the oil tanker thing sound a little less insane. Um, right, right. Because they would have to have some access to fuel and possibly fuel refinery. Um, like if you're yeah. on like an oil platform, uh, just off the coast or something. Right. Well, and and also like Eugene was uh, trying to get this uh, amateur ham radio so he can like start reaching out further and further for groups, and that might kind mm. of bring all these plot lines together. Because you know, yeah. you can, ham radio can can contact the other side of the world. True. Um, if there's anybody doing anything big, like that's that's a good bet to to get get in contact with them. So, and I don't know that that might bring all the Fear the Walking Dead stuff, the movie trip, like this all stuff might come to some kind of grand oh, climax at some. Good, point. we can merge back into a single show. We could take all three of them <laughs> back into the Walking Dead with a cast of three hundred. I don't know. Yeah, the strongest parts of each each series. Get get rid of the 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 chaff. Just keep the wheat. Okay, Christos the Greek is up next. Thanks for revisiting The Walking Dead. Totally understand growing tired while Scott Gimple was at the director's helm. I agree, season eight drug way too far and wasn't the best. 
Season 9 and 10 are much better. I hope you continue the latter in reviews as the Whisperer War is very solid. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I know that um, we're probably going to take a break after the end of season nine to cover Amazon's The Boys because it's going to be week to week. Um, but I don't know. We might get right back to Walking Dead. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun covering it. They're just like they just announced they're doing something special. Uh, they're going to have a, a banger of a, a season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also going to have. Uh, uh, this bonus six episodes next year. So uh, yeah, it might be cool if, if we could, if we could get, ca- yeah, the blue machete, the purple machete, if we can, um, uh, if we can put them, if we, we can get all that caught up by next, I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how we feel at the end of season nine and, and, and what we end up doing and how long we're going to be stuck with having no television. Yeah. Cause the shutdown continues like a lot of 2021 is going to be a blank slate too. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, season nine. Oh, uh, wait a second. Regarding your questions about Maggie's departure, Lauren Cohen's show on ABC only lasted a few episodes before being can- canceled as an utter disaster. Oh, wow. I didn't know that it didn't even make it out of season one. Yeah. While Maggie wow. leaves in season nine, it's speculated she'll return in the season 10 finale. Um, interesting, if true. I really wanted to make mention of this specifically. Fear the Walking Dead sheds light into the mysterious helicopter people that took Rick. In fact, there's an episode in season five where we meet one of the helicopter people who interacts Mm. with the Fear the Walking Dead main character or a main character. This episode gives more clues and possible answers to who and what they are. Now, please hear me out. I know you guys covered the short season one of the Fear the Walking Dead and didn't continue. No, we did not. Uh, if you have the time and can muster through the storyline for season two, I will tell you this season three entirely in the first half of season four is the best writing of anything in oh, the Walking wow. Dead universe. Okay. I'll go so far as to say it may even topple season two, three, and four of the Walking Dead and how good it is. Well, it wasn't its heyday. Hmm. I've heard that from multiple people. Uh, have you? It, it, it didn't. It didn't hurt. Yeah. Oh, back in the, when we were covering Walking Dead, um, it didn't hurt or didn't help though that these people were saying that during the the dregs of season seven and season eight. Like, well, it's sure. like, and I'm like, well, is it better in comparison to this, or like, is is it is it better in like terms of like great television? Period. Hmm. Um, and then I think it's funny that like uh, Scott Gimple took over and then just ran it right into the ground. <laughs> Um, anyway, Christos says with, with things in lockdown and not a lot of filming going on, maybe a lack of shows to cover would lead you to an idea where you would consider, uh, catching up on fear the walking dead. Um, I'm going to be honest. I just don't think so. Like the commitment of catching up all of season two and season three, just to have it be shitty in season four and five again, I'd be much more inclined just to watch like the bonus scenes of Rick's helicopter shit. You know, just skip around to the good stuff because I just there's just too much good. I mean, even now, like I would I'd rather go back and, and catch up on things I missed in the last year or two. Yeah, because we yeah. had to make some tough decisions sometimes than go back and watch some some shitty Walking Dead spinoff, even if it has a one shining season to it. Um, But he says, uh, I'm not sure if you noticed in season nine, episode seven, which you just covered, the director was Abraham Cudlitz, a.k.a. Abraham. I did not know that. Yeah, I, not until I saw this email. Um, so yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I had no complaints with the direction of most of yeah. this season. So yeah, the Ginger Walrus did a pretty good uh, director <laughs> job, I think. There. Uh huh. Um, I love the shooting style in some of the episodes with the drone footage. Yeah, he had some re- like the uh, 
some some those overheads shots there. of the graveyard is that is that the stuff we're talking about um is that season is that was that episode seven or eight i can't remember the exact I episode remember i remember but the yeah, shot it, it, it was beautiful and there's been a lot of like really cool kind of like uh, aping crane shots with with drones and stuff yeah um also, I don't know if you know, but the new guy, the character Luke, which I think we're calling the professor or you're calling him Stradivarius. <laughs> right. That's the actor Dan Fogler, the same guy who plays the support character to Eddie Raymond in, in the Fantastic Beast movie series. I did not know that. I Once you said it, like it made mm. instantly sense. Um, the character's name is Jacob Kowalski. Dan Fogler, also Fogler, really drops weight when you see him in season 10. Oh, he's on huh. the Jerry diet. Yeah. You wear a quilt. You wear a quilted uh, uh, vest in the the hot Georgia sun, and you just drop weight like a motherfucker. Apparently, no, it no, out. it's it's a costuming thing. Still, it's like he had oh, that yeah. quilted vest uh, muumu thing he was wearing. Uh, I, I hear that uh, Fogler had had actual violins underneath his shirt, <laughs> and so he just took the violins out in the next season. See, I think Jerry's wearing the quilted Momo. Or Mumu, and he takes it off, and he's now an unquilted Jason Momoa underneath all that. Oh that shit! Goes from, from Mumu to Momoa. That's 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 a tough that's, transition. That's to the make, kind but... of di- that's the kind of transition I want to make. Uh, Paul from Melbourne, comic spoilers for the introduction introduction of Magna, who we are calling shitty shitty tat prison tat or just okay. prison tat. I don't. I'm not going to make a the qualitative <laughs> judgment on prison tattoos. Yeah. Um, which doesn't impact the TV show in the slightest. Magda and her group in the comic are badasses from the start. They're introduced as escape from a community they lived in for a long time that had been destroyed by some evil group. They're introduced uh, as in need of help because the Alexandrians have been redirecting large hordes and accidentally sent a horde into Magna's camp. Oops. Some of the group dies and Alexandrians feel super guilty, so try to help them. Wow, this is totally different. Holy shit. That's such an amazing... Like chaos theory, butterfly flapped its wings in yeah. Taiwan equals a hurricane in Kansas. Like you're just redirecting these herds to, to avoid your people and you're sending them right down a barrel of another community. Like and it feels like that ties right in with the whispers too. The, and you could like yeah, question who's theme. doing what and it gets confusing. Yeah. And, hmm. See, this is why I was glad to not no longer read the comics because as much as as good as work as I think Angela Kang's doing, like why couldn't they make that point? Uh, yeah, man, that's a weird change. Anyway, it feels like they really wanted the fast track. Judith being a badass for the scene with her saving Magna really wish they went with the original story of the comic, mm-hmm. but they could have had that, uh, but they could have still had Judith save them, but they wanted to whack the scene in, uh, after Rick got the trash lady kid, trash lady helicopter kidnapped. I mean, it was um, like literally the first scene they did when they came back from the time jump, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know. Do you need to establish Judith as a badass for her to have? Because like they're like, well, we need to have her a badass or no one will believe that she'd stand up to Negan. I don't think most people would really believe that. But you believe it once she shoots the motorcycle out from underneath them. Right. Sure. Like that establishes her badass credentials or maybe like even Negan can be like, oh, this little girl's all talk. And then she proves he's not like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Thanks for that context, but yeah, this is Exhibit A of why I'm glad I'm not reading the comics anymore, because that would have pissed me off. Um, these fucking new guys shit in the bed with no explanation. <laughs> Penny, thank you for returning to Walk Dead Podcast. I've missed you. Well, we've missed you too. 
You've inspired me to do some rewatching as well, and I'm going to follow along with you. So I just watched Evolution 908 and Adaptation 909 in anticipation of next week's podcast. It's all rushing back to me how overall season nine is so great, especially after the crap fest of seasons seven and eight, and how I was increasingly annoyed by the big mystery of why there's a rift that gets dragged out forever. The buildup of the rift, the people that are almost afraid of Michonne and really hostile and also just snide and cold. All the main characters are alive, so you can rule out Maggie killing Judith or RJ or Michonne killing Herschel. What would have been, uh, what could have happened that convinced these communities that isolation was stronger than a proven military alliance? I'm literally gleeful in anticipation of both your reactions. Giddy. She's she's over here with mild interest in, in these uh-huh. develops, Jim. I think it's safe to say. Uh, Penny says the COVID situation sucks in so many ways, but the loss of things to look forward to is a big emotional cost. Thank you for giving me something to anticipate each week. Well, you're welcome. Also, please do more int- imitations of Feral Daryl that cracks me up. <laughs> no, not gonna do it. No, no. There. So I can't do it. So now I refuse. Yeah. Good. Good. You don't want to. You don't uh, want to overdo it. That, yeah, it's a little little wildcat goes a long way. You know. Yeah. You wear out the joke, um, and you wear out your vocal cords. Frankly, you do, you do, you do. Between the skit and that, I think I'm done for the day. Ah, shit! There's three more emails. Uh, <laughs> Adam, guys, glad to have more Talking Dead. What? I, I think you mean Watching Dead. Uh, no, you, he probably about them- means Talking Dead, but he sent it to us <laughs> as a fuck you. <laughs> he Alan Joe the email. He's, he's meant to send to Chris oh. and Jason, and and it got the the. The Jim and Aaron, so yeah. we'll we'll pass it on to them. Uh, I was wondering if either of you had desire inclination to pick back up the comics now that they've had their final issue. Have either of you heard any spoilers for big plot twists or the ending? Uh, no, as I mentioned, I am very glad I do not read the comics because I think the comics were definitely fucking with my... I think the show was bad, but like knowing that the comics were better in almost every case mm-hmm. and more nuanced just made it even worse, so... Um, yeah, um, it doesn't seem like there are many spoilers uh, coming from the comics at this point because the storyline seems so different. But I'm sure the big beats yeah. are the same. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I will. I think I, I'm interested in the comic. And like when we wrap up coverage of the show, either like stopping it definitively or if the show kind of runs its course, I would I can definitely see myself getting back into reading and finishing The Walking Dead because I do like comic books. I mean, I'm like heavily invested in the saga series. Um, but the other thing is like it kind of like I'm not looking forward to dropping 80 bucks to Robert Kirkman to get the, the the compendiums I'd need to catch up at this point, especially with him pussing out. And like uh, my understanding is he bailed on his original story idea, which right. is this shows about this comics about Carl. It's like a Prince Valiant situation where and just the, know, it's, the abrupt, it's about his son all the time. The abruptness of the ending was was crazy, too. Right. Like he could have seen it out through another few issues and gotten to the point that he promised everyone he would get to. And then he just said, hey, I'm going to end it a few issues just like this week or whatever is the last one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I didn't follow the community reaction or any of that stuff. Um, it's all, that's all possible. Um, but like I said, I, I, I wasn't sure if I, I know I, I did hear that, but I didn't hear whether people thought that was all good at the end or, or what. Yeah. But, I, I don't know either, but it seems like uh, that would be a big question mark is how good is this ending really going to be? If you want right. to invest the 80 bucks and the hours and hours to go read through all of it. Yeah. Uh, been in. Uh, really glad the podcast is back. It's made the socially distancing summer better. It's made the uh, your summer less bummer. Uh, that's good, good to hear. 
Here my here's my issue with Eugene and his dislocated knee from season nine midseason finale. I call bullshit. As someone who has dislocated their knee several times and oh. didn't get the knee put back into place right away, it's extremely painful, disabling. So the fact that he's able to stand, move, and semi-walk, bullshit. Your leg is pretty much dead weight, and you're right when the kneecap is popped back in place. It's instant relief, pain and pressure, completely gone. Hmm. Um, I do wonder I so. if you you could move a little bit with purpose if... Uh, a, a, a pack of undead cannibals was hot on your tail. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's that thing with like the broken ribs. Cause I've broken my rib before. And I think true uh-huh. detective or something did a scene with a broken rib where like people are just sprinting with broken ribs. No problem. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. If, if your death is chasing you, maybe adrenaline, you got, yeah. you got the, all that stuff jacked in your system. You're in full flight or fight mode. Um, but it would be painful. Yeah, I can Very painful. Very painful. Uh, once again, once again, you guys are knocking it out of the park. Even Jim, who I believe is going through some kind of Stockholm syndrome with The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's exactly. It's not kind of. It's exactly. No. Um, Evan from our old stomping grounds in Indianapolis. Hmm. Uh, with a, rec- a travel recommendation, uh, I recommend visiting Sonoya, Georgia, if you're on your way down south. I'm staying away from Georgia right now because they're uh, a little bit of a COVID hotspot. Yeah. But uh, I'll take this an advisement for when the world returns back to normal. If the city is about 20 miles south of Atlanta, a couple. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember when we go- went to the Walker Stalker Con, there were like satellite trips out to Sonoya. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Jason and Karen, who kind of we piled around with down there, had been there a couple times, done some filming. You know, they're both walkers in The Walking Dead, which is cool. Yeah, uh, and I never made it quite down there, but like, yeah, I, it's if if I had a chance, I would definitely drive through it because it does seem pretty cool. Um, a couple years ago, my family stopped there on the way from Indianapolis to Orlando. We visited for a day, and it's very cool for a Walking Dead fan. I surprised to see the compound of Alexander is actually a walled-in community of homes. The walls are actually the crude ones we see in the show, which is very cool. People live in the community. They say about three houses there are left empty for filming purposes, but otherwise it's an active community. As a fun fact, it happens to be across a railroad track from the filming location for the governor's community. Um, obviously, there's a gift shopping museum. When we were there, they had Daryl's motorcycle. Cool. At the gift shop, they had a book of locations we bought, but I'm sure you could find all that information online. Thank you very much for the content you're creating. Uh, I want to become so. This is like if you're a fan of these shows, this seems like a a, a really fun thing to do. Like, yeah. I was able to go as part of uh, um, the, the Breaking Bad fan fest to mm-hmm. um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and did touring of the filming locations, and it's a really awesome experience as a fan to go see like the launder, you know, Gus's laundromat and Los Los Polos Pollos Loco. Uh, wait, yeah. no, Los Pollos Hermanos uh-huh. and see Walt's Walt's house and Jesse's house and the spot, you know, where Combo got killed and uh, the the the, the, <laughs> and, the and chili dog place to, to do it all in uh, a replica of the RV from the show was pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, that's that's I, that's even better. Going out like to Tahajali and seeing where Hank, you know, uh, died in the shootout, like that stuff is like really cool if you're a fan of the show. Yeah, they should have cart like wagon trips from Atlanta proper down to Sonoya and back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ride like, a horse uh, twenty miles outside of the city and yeah, a rusted out back of a pickup bed that's been <laughs> welded to a hitch. Yeah, uh-huh. that'd be kind of cool. 
Uh, same thing I've heard that like going to like Northern Ireland to see like some of the filming locations of The Walking or uh, Game of Thrones or what is that? Uh, oh God, I can't think of the city that uh, King's Landing is based is is filmed in. Like mm, you know, going yeah. to those locations and actually seeing them in Europe. Um, obviously, more expensive for an American to do, but like. Yeah, it it's fun. If you if you got a favorite show and you can hunt down the filming locations, it's it's a lot of fun to go and see that. Um anyway, it says thank you very much for the content you're creating. I'm sure it does not show up, but I was recently mailed a Nielsen rating survey. One question was on the radio shows I listened to, and since I only listen to podcasts in the car, I listed bald move. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for our Nielsen residuals to come in. Yeah. Uh Nielsen does do a lot of actually podcast recording um, uh, uh, studies and stuff. They're they're working mm-hmm. with like uh, Apple and some of the other um, big distributors to kind of get some of that data, and uh, um, it's it's interesting to follow the to follow that like as the the industry matures. Um, but thank you for those kind words, Evan. I appreciate it. And that's going to wrap it up for the feedback episode. Uh, Please, if you have more feedback, send it in to watchingdeadatbaldmove.com, and we anticipate doing another one of these at the end of Season 9 uh, before we transition to other things. So, yeah, if you got some other additional thoughts, uh, responses, etc., please send those in to watchingdeadatbaldmove.com. Uh, thanks for uh, watching the show. Appreciate all the praise and support. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our, our little uh, imagining of what uh, King Ezekiel's fest might be. I'm I'm can't wait to see how wrong we are at the end of the season or hell, maybe it won't sure. ever even happen. Yeah. Maybe Ezekiel dies next episode and, and the dream dies with him. Uh, but uh, I, I had fun. I had fun coming up with uh, the stuff mm-hmm. with Jim here and uh, blew my vocal cords out trying to get my best, best King Zeke. So uh, we'll be back next, next week with uh, episode nine from season nine. And until then, as always, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See you then. Oh,